Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I'm here with Abhay Das Brahmachari, uh, best cook in the world, and Mr. Clean, I call him Mr. Clean, because everything here is so clean and neat because of him. Cleanliness is next to godliness. And if you clean the Lord's ashram, then your heart becomes clean as well. Okay, Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatams and tells it as it is. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdi Piyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaikadrik Prada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandoditaritya Sri Krishna Paribhartita O life heir of the Supreme of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadakamadbhagya Mat Ananda Namostute. <clears throat> my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dayin Atini Chuchatakada Hanamun Chakadachin Mam Premna Ritkanta Yukspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we've reached the third chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, moving right along, starting with text 8, talks between Lord Shiva and Sati. Daksha, after blaspheming Lord Shiva, and walking out of the Maha Yajna uh, is now having another sacrifice and this time he didn't invite Lord Shiva. And Sati, she's heard a lot of her friends and other de demigoddesses going to the this Yajna dressed up with their husbands and she wants to go too. Text 8. Sati said, My dear Lord Shiva, your father-in-law is now executing great sacrifices and all the demigods, having been invited by him, are going there. If you, do, if you desire, we may also go. Purport. Sati knew of the tension between her father and her husband, but still she expressed to her husband, Lord Shiva, that since such sacrifices were going on at her father's house and so many demigods were going, she also desired to go. But she could not express her willingness directly. And so she told her husband 
that if he desired to go, then she could accompany him. In other words, she submitted her desire very politely to her husband. Text 9 I think that all my sisters must have gone to this great sacrificial ceremony with their husbands just to see their relatives. I also desire to decorate myself with the ornaments given to me by my father and go there with you to participate in that assembly. Purport. It is a woman's nature to want to decorate herself with ornaments and nice dresses and accompany her husband to social functions, meet friends and relatives, and enjoy life in that way. This propensity is not unusual, for women for woman is the basic principle of material enjoyment. Therefore, in Sanskrit, the word for woman is stri, which means one who expands the field of material enjoyment. In the material world, there is an attraction between woman and man. This is the arrangement of conditional life. A woman attracts a man, and that is that is this that in, and in, and in that way the scope of material activities involving house, wealth, children, and friendship increases. And thus, instead of decreasing one's material demands, one becomes entangled in material enjoyment. Lord Shiva, however, is different. Therefore, his name is Shiva. He is not at all attracted by material enjoyment. Although his wife, Sati, was the daughter of a very great, great, great leader and was given to him by the request of Brahma. Lord Shiva was reluctant, but Sati, as a woman, the daughter of a king, wanted enjoyment. She wanted to go to her father's house, just as her other sisters might have gone, and meet them and enjoy social life. Here, she specifically indicated that she would decorate herself with the ornaments given by her father. She did not say that she would decorate herself with the ornaments given by her husband because her husband was callous about all such matters. He did not know how to decorate his wife and take part in social life because he was always in ecstasy with thoughts of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. According to the Vedic system, a daughter is given a sufficient dowry at the time of her marriage, and therefore Sati was also given a dowry by her father, and ornaments were included. It is also the custom that the husband gives some ornaments, but here it is particularly mentioned that her husband, being materially almost nothing, could not do so. Therefore she, she wanted to decorate herself with the ornaments given by her father. It was fortunate for Sati that Lord Shiva did not take the ornaments from his wife and spend them for ganja. <laughs> because those who imitate Lord Shiva in smoking ganja exploit and spend on smoking, intoxication and similar other activities. Text 10 My sisters, my mother's sisters and their husbands and other affectionate relatives must be assembled there. So if I go, I shall be able to see them and I shall be able to see the flapping flags and the performance of the sacrifice by the great sages. For these reasons, my dear husband, I am very much anxious to go. Purport. As stated before, the tension between the father-in-law and son-in-law persisted for a considerable time. Sati, therefore, had not gone to her father's house for a long time, for a long while. Thus, she was very anxious to go to her father's house, particularly because on that occasion her sisters and their husbands and her mother's sisters would be there. As is natural for a woman, she wanted to dress equally to her other sisters and also be accompanied by her husband. 
She did not, of course, want to go alone. Text 11 This manifested cosmos is a wonderful creation of the interaction of the three modes, material modes, or the external energy of the Supreme Lord. This truth is fully known to you. Yet I am but a poor woman, and as you know, I am not conversant with the truth. Therefore, I wish to see my birthplace once more. Purport Dakshayani, Sati, knew very well that her husband, Lord Shiva, was not very much interested in the glaring manifestation of the material world, which is caused by the interaction of the three modes of nature. Therefore, she addressed her husband as Aja, which refers to one who has transcended the bondage of birth and death, or one who has realized his eternal position. She stated, the illusion of accepting the perverted reflection, the material or cosmic manifestation to be real, is not present in you because you are self-realized. You are the attraction, for you, the attraction of social life and the consideration that someone is father, someone is mother, and someone is sister, which are illusory relationships, is already over. But because I am a poor woman, I am not so advanced in transcendental realization. Therefore, naturally, these appear to me as real. Only less intelligent persons accept this perverted reflection of the spiritual world to be real. Those who are under the spell of the external energy accept this manifestation to be fact, whereas those who are advanced in spiritual realization know that it, that it is illusion. Actual reality is elsewhere, in the spiritual world, but as far as I am concerned, Sati said, I do not have much knowledge about self-realization. I am poor because I do not know the actual facts. I am attracted by my birthplace and I want to see it. One who has attraction for his birthplace, for his body, and for other such items mentioned in the Bhagavatam is considered to be like an ass or a cow. Sati may have heard all this many times from her husband, Lord Shiva, but because she was a woman, Yoshit, she still hankered after some the same material objects of affection. The word Yoshit means <clears throat> one who is enjoyed. Therefore, woman is called Yoshit. In spiritual advancement, association with Yoshit is always strict, restricted because because if one is like a because because if one is like a play doll in the hands of Yoshit, then all his spiritual advancement is at once stopped. It is said, those who are just like playthings in the hands of a woman, Yoshit Krida Mrigeshu, cannot make any advancement in spiritual realization. Text twelve. O never-born, O blue-throated one, not only my relatives, but also other women dressed in nice clothes and decorated with ornaments are going there with their husbands and friends. Just see how their flocks of white airplanes have made the entire sky very beautiful. Purport Here Lord Shiva is addressed as Ababa, which means one who was never born. Although generally he is known as Baba, one who was born, Rudra, Lord Shiva, is actually born from between the eyes of Brahma, who is called Swayambhu, because he is not born of any human being or material creature, but is born directly from the lotus flower, which grows from the abdomen of Vishnu. When Lord Shiva is addressed here as Abhava, this may be taken to mean one who has never felt material miseries. 
Sati wanted to impress upon her husband that even though that even those who were not related to her father were also going to say nothing of herself who was intimately related with him. Lord Shiva is addressed here as blue-throated. Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison and kept it in his throat, not swallowing, swallowing it or allowing it to go down to his stomach and thus his throat became blue. Since then he has been known as Nilakanta or blue-throated. The reason that Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison was for others' benefit. When the ocean was churned by the demigods and the demons, the churning at first produced poison. So because the poisonous ocean might have affected others who were not so advanced, Lord Shiva drank all the ocean water. In other words, he could drink such a great amount of poison for others' benefit. And now, since his wife was personally requesting him to go to her father's house, even if he did not wish to give that permission, he should do so out of his great kindness. Text 13 O best of the demigods, how can the body of a daughter remain undisturbed when she hears that some festive event is taking place in her father's house? Even though you may be considering that I have not been invited, there is no harm if one goes to the house of one's friend, husband, spiritual master, or father without invitation. Text 14 O immortal Shiva, please be kind towards me and fulfill my desire. You have accepted me as half of your body. Therefore, please show kindness towards me and accept my request. Text 15 The great sage Maitreya said, Lord Shiva, the deliverer of the hill Kailas, having thus been addressed by his dear wife, replied smilingly, although at the same time he remembered the malicious, heart-piercing speeches delivered by Daksha before the guardians of the universal affairs. Purport When Lord Shiva heard from his wife about Daksha, the psychological effect was that he immediately remembered the strong words spoken against him in the assembly of the guardians of the universe. And remembering those words, he was sorry at heart, although to please his wife, he smiled. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that a liberated person is always in mental equilibrium both in the distress and the happiness of this material world. Therefore, the question may now be raised why a liberated personality like Lord Shiva was so unhappy because of the words of Daksha. The answer is given by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Lord Shiva is Atmarama or situated in complete self-realization, but because he is the incarnation in charge of the material mode of ignorance, tamoguna, he is sometimes affected by the pleasure and pain of the material world. The difference between the pleasure and pain of this material world and that of the spiritual world is that in the spiritual world the effect is qualitatively absolute. Therefore one may feel sorry in the absolute world, but such manifestation of so-called pain is always full of bliss. For instance, once Lord Krishna in his childhood was chastised by his mother Yashoda and Lord Krishna cried. But although she, he shed tears from his eyes, this is not to be considered a reaction of the mode of ignorance for the incident was full of transcendental pleasure. When Krishna was playing in so many ways, sometimes it appeared that he caused distress to the gopis, but actually such dealings were full of transcendental bliss. 
That is the difference between the material and spiritual worlds. The spiritual world, where everything is pure, is pervertedly reflected in this material world. Since everything in the spiritual world is absolute, in the spiritual varieties of apparent pleasure and pain, there is no perception other than eternal bliss. Whereas in the material world, because everything is contaminated by the modes of material nature, there are feelings of pleasure and pain. Therefore, because Lord Shiva, although a fully self-realized person, was in charge of the material mode of ignorance, he felt sorrow. Text 16 The Great Lord replied, My dear beautiful wife, you have said that one may go to a friend's house without being invited. And this is true, provided such a friend does not find fault with the guest because of bodily identification and thereby become angry towards him. Purport. Lord Shiva could foresee that as soon as Sati reached her father's house, her father, Daksha, being too puffed up because of bodily identification, <clears throat> would be angry at her presence. And although she was innocent and faultless, he would be mercilessly angry towards her. Lord Shiva warned that since her, her father was too puffed up by his material possessions, he would be angry and this would be intolerable for her. Therefore, it was better that she not go. This fact was already experienced by Lord Shiva because although Lord Shiva was faultless, Daksha had cursed him in so many harsh words. Text 17 Although the six qualities, education, austerity, wealth, beauty, youth and heritage are for the highly elevated one who is proud of possessing them becomes blind and thus he loses his good sense and cannot appreciate the glories of great personalities. Purport It may be argued that since Daksha was very learned, wealthy and austere and had descended from a very exalted heritage, how could he be unnecessarily angry towards another? The answer is, that when the qualities of good education, good parentage, beauty and great wealth are misplaced in a person who is puffed up by all these possessions, they produce a very bad result. Milk is a very nice food, but when milk is touched by an envious serpent, it becomes poisonous. Similarly, material assets such as education, wealth, beauty, and good parentage, are undoubtedly nice, but when, they, but when they decorate persons of a malicious nature, then they act adversely. Another example given by Chanakya Pandit is that a serpent that has a jewel on, his head, on its head is still, is still fearful because it is a serpent. A serpent by nature is envious of other living entities, even though they, may, they, be, they be faultless. When a serpent bites another creature, it is not necessarily because the other creature is at fault. It is the habit of the serpent to bite innocent creatures. Similarly, although Daksha was, was qualified by many material assets, because he was proud of his possessions, and because he was envious, all those qualities were polluted. It is sometimes therefore detrimental for a person advancing in spiritual consciousness or Krishna consciousness to possess such material assets. Kunti Devi, after offering prayers to Krishna, addressed him as Akinchana Gochara, one who is easily approached by those who, who, who are bereft of all material acquisitions. Material exhaustion is an advantage 
for advancement in Krishna consciousness. Although if one is conscious of his eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one can utilize one's material assets, such as great learning and beauty and exalted ancestry, for the service of the Lord. Then such assets become glorious. In other words, unless one is Krishna conscious, all his material possessions are zero. But when, one, but, when this, but when this zero is by the side of the Supreme One, it at once increases in value to ten. Unless situated by the side of the Supreme One, zero is always zero. One may add one hundred zeros, but the same value will remain, but the, same, but the value will still remain zero. Unless one's material assets are used in Krishna consciousness, they may play havoc and degrade the possessor. Text 18 One should not go to anyone's house, even on the consideration of his being a relative or a friend, when the man is disturbed in his mind and looks upon the guest with raised eyebrows and angry eyes. Purport However low a person may be, he is never unkind to his children, wife, and nearest kin. Even a tiger is kind to its cubs, for within the animal kingdom the cubs are treated very nicely. Since Sati was the daughter of Daksha, however cruel and contaminated he might be, naturally it was expected that he would receive her very nicely. But here it is indicated by the word Anavastita that such a person cannot be trusted. Tigers are very kind to their cubs, but it is also known that sometimes they eat them. Malicious persons should not be trusted because they are always unsteady. Thus Sati was advised not to go to her father's house because to accept such a father as a relative and to go to his house without being properly invited was not suitable. Text 19 <clears throat> Lord Shiva continued, If one is hurt by the arrows of an enemy, one is not as aggrieved as when cut by the unkind words of a relative, for, for such grief continues to rend one's heart day and night. Purport Sati might have concluded that she would take the risk of going to her father's house and even if her father spoke unkindly against her she would be tolerant as a son sometimes tolerates the reproaches of his parents. But Lord Shiva reminded her that she would not be able to tolerate such unkind words because natural psychology dictates that although one can suffer harm from an enemy and not mind so much because pain inflicted by an enemy is natural, when one is hurt by the strong words of a relative, one suffers the effects continually, day and night, and sometimes the injury becomes so intolerable that one commits suicide. Text 20 my dear white-complexioned wife, it is clear that of the many daughters of Daksha, you are the pet, yet you will not be honored at his house because of your being my wife. Rather, 
you will be sorry that you are connected with me. Purport Lord Shiva put forward the argument that even if Sati proposed to go alone without her husband, she still she would not be received well because she was his wife. There was every chance of a catastrophe even if she wanted to go alone. Therefore, Lord Shiva indirectly requested her not to go to her father's house. Text 21 One who is conducted by false ego and thus always distressed, both mentally and sensually, cannot tolerate the opulence of self-realized persons. Being unable to rise to the standard of self-realization, he envies such persons as much as demons envy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport. The real reason for the enmity between Lord Shiva and Daksha is explained here. Daksha was envious of Lord Shiva because of Shiva's high position as an incarnation of equality of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and because Shiva was directly in contact with the Supersoul and was therefore honored and given a better sitting place than he. There were many other reasons also. Daksha being materially puffed up could not, re could not tolerate the high position of Lord Shiva, so was angry, so his anger at Lord Shiva's not standing up in his presence was only the final manifestation of his envy. Lord Shiva is always in meditation and always perceives the Supersoul, as expressed here by the words Purushak Buddhi Sakchinam. The position of one whose intelligence is always absorbed in meditation upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead is very great and cannot be imitated by anyone, especially an ordinary person. When Daksha entered the arena of Yajna, Lord Shiva was in meditation and might not have seen Daksha enter, but Daksha took the opportunity to curse him because Daksha had maintained an envious attitude towards Lord Shiva for a long time. Those who are actually self-realized see every individual body as a temple of the Supreme Personality of Godhead because the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His Paramatma feature is residing in everyone's body. When one offers respect to the body, it is not to the material body but to the presence of the Supreme Lord. Thus, one who is always in meditation upon the Supreme Lord is always offering Him obeisances. But since Daksha was not very elevated, he thought that obeisances were offered to the material body. And because Lord Shiva did not offer respect to His material body, Daksha became envious. Such persons being unable to rise to the standard of self-realized souls like Lord Shiva, are always envious. The example given here is very suitable. Asuras, demons or atheists, are always envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They simply want to kill Him. Even in this age, we find some so-called scholars commenting on Bhagavad Gita, who are envious of Krishna. When Krishna says, Manmana Bhavamad Bhakto, always think of me, become my devotee, and surrender unto me, the so-called scholars comment that it is not to Krishna that we have to surrender. That is envy. The Asuras or atheists, the demons, without reason or cause, are envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Similarly, instead of offering respect to self-realized persons, 
foolish man who cannot approach the highest standard of self-realization are always envious, although there is no reason. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Okay, we're going to stop here. It's 8 o'clock, almost. Went fast, but it was very sweet. We'll start again tomorrow at text 22. And meanwhile, we will wait and wait patiently for the reflections of the assembled sages. Hare Krishna. Where's this from Rati <clears throat> Yes, Rati. Jaguru Maharaj. Time to clean my heart. Hare Krishna. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, all glories to Srila Prabhupada and your daily reading service, dear Maharaj. Jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam. Sri Devi Dasi says Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Sri Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna to you too. And from Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi. Yes, Chitraleka Saki Devi Dasi, Hari Bol. Please accept my most humble obeisances, dear Maharaj. The description of the result of pride is so true and powerful. What is the best way to become free from pride? Thank you so much, Maharaj. Well, the only way to become free from the influence of the material energy is to use the energy in the service of Krishna. We become proud because we think that we are the owners, the controllers. The Maya has two potencies. One is called uh, Pratyakakshama, Akshmika, and the other Arvanatmika. One of them is the throwing, Arvanatmika is the throwing potency, and the Prachapakshmika is the covering potency. So first, we are thrown into the material energy, and we become attached to the material energy, and then we become covered by the feelings of possessiveness. Therefore, the only way to retract that or to purify it is to offer what you have, all the energy around you, in service to the Lord. This deflates the pride of the conditioned soul and brings him to reality, which is called humility. Knowledge begins with humility. And I have been saying lately that knowledge ends in humility also. Not being uh, anxious to be honored by others these things we have to give up, even though it's not easy. Everyone in the material world is, is, is inflicted by this. And Bhagavad Gita says that, that there's no one that can escape completely, as long as one is a conditioned soul. Only a liberated soul becomes free from the influence of the material nature. You become attached to Krishna. The more attached you become to Krishna, the more detached to become to the material energy. There is no other way. Bhaktyamam abhijanati yavanyas chasmi tatpataham. Only by unalloyed, pure devotional service can we become completely free from the influence of the material energy. And it begins with pride. And if we're fortunate, 
then Krishna, once you surrender to Krishna, even once, sincerely, heartfelt surrender completely, even if one is still entangled in the material world and is still attached in some way or another, Krishna will arrange things. He will take away the things that make you proud so that you will stop being proud. So in either case, in any case, we should pray for the mercy of the Lord because by the mercy of the Lord, we get access to the Lord. And furthermore, in the Gita, the very famous verse, Ragadvesha vimuktaishtu vishyan indriyaishcharan atmavashar vedayatma prasadam adigachtiti. You get mercy. Prasadam adigachtiti. You acquire the full mercy of the Lord by being able to follow the regulative principles of freedom. The four regulative principles no illicit sex. No gambling, no meat eating, no intoxication. If you follow these restrictions and you chant Hare Krishna sincerely, trying to give up offenses, then you'll become free gradually from the influence of the material energy and then you will not be proud. Hare Krishna. From Jayashree. Yes, Jai Shri, Haribo. Back in Hong Kong, I take it. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri Prabhupada. In Purport 4.3.17, Sri Prabhupada wrote, quote, Material exhaustion is an advantage for advancement in Krishna consciousness. Although if one is conscious of his eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one can utilize one's material assets, such as great learning and so on, for the service of the Lord. Unquote. This is true renunciation when everything is dovetailed for the service of the Lord. The purport of Srila Prabhupada is always so eloquently written and clear to everyone. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, your servant. Thank you very much for that uh, reflection. I know you're going to be embarrassed that I say this, but you happen to have material opulence more than most people. and But you are not attached to it. And, and therefore you want to do devotional service. And that is a very good thing. Hare Krishna. I won't go too much into it because I'll embarrass you. Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti? Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's readings of Srila Prabhupada books. Today I heard how the self-realized person like Lord Shiva can see the truth and foretell the future situation. Yes, I also found that envy is so dangerous. And the second comment, Sati's feeling is very easy to have for me like materialistic woman but it is simply purifying to hear what is said by Lord Shiva in the truthful purport of Śrīla Prabhupāda. Yesterday, three Bhagavad Gita distributed during lunchtime. <laughs> Om Tat Sat. Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Thank you again for your lovely example and your reflections, which are simple and, and straightforward and pure. Hare Krishna. And from Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for reading to us tonight. This is definitely one of my favorite pastimes. Mm. I really appreciate the character of Lord Shiva, so tolerant to offenses committed towards him, 
and kind and compassionate towards his wife, who becomes so covered with attachment to her kin. Also interesting to see that everything which is happening down here on earth is also happening in the heavenly kingdom. Yes, absolutely. from Bhaktin Maxim. Yes, Bhaktin Maxim. Hare Krishna, dearest Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I never thanked you for the 8th August invitation, so I thank you, dearest Maharaj, from my heart. I was so uplifted to be involved on such a wonderful day. Goranga. Goranga. Yes, it was a wonderful atmosphere. Hare Krishna. The hearts of the devotees, when they're all put together, they make an extraordinary atmosphere. From Daitari Hari? Yes, Daitari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj. We heard tonight that Sati was attached to the idea of attending the social function because of material attachment. I find myself extremely averse to social functions and gatherings where I have to deal with different types of people. I don't <laughs> think it's I don't think it's because of development in spiritual consciousness though. <laughs> and can actually seem to be an obstacle on some occasions. <laughs> Is it possible to override our material conditioning and become capable of doing things we have no material inclination or capacity for when we become spiritually advanced? Well, let's analyze. One man's food is another man's poison. It's not the same for everyone. It's not a material formula. But... Krishna, when he's describing what knowledge is, he says one of the one of the two of the uh, items of knowledge is the tendency to want to live in a secluded place, and uh, and and the tendency to to avoid the general mass of people. So this is actually knowledge. Uh, there's there's different mentalities that will evoke that sense of knowledge or rather there's a different motive and it may not be so elevated uh, if one's just trying to avoid you know something that's uh, uncomfortable that can be the mode of passion or the mode of ignorance so but it depends therefore on the intention but real knowledge includes the tendency to want to live in a solitary place. It's, a, it's, a, it's real knowledge to have that tendency, but that doesn't mean that we always live in a solitary place. A person who is advanced may live relatively solitary, like here we're in a solitary place, relatively, just me and a by staying in this little two-bedroom flat in a hive, you know. But at the same time, we're meeting with so many people every day through the internet. He's going shopping and, and getting the neat things we need to make, maintain our bodies and souls together and keep the place in shape to be able to uh, worship the Lord. And our altar is evidence of this fact, that the attention that Abai is paying to the altar, how he cleans it, how he keeps the flowers decorated very nicely um, so the tendency to the tendency to want to live in a solitary place you know and and to to avoid the general mass of people is true but it can also be used in krishna service when it's used in krishna service then it is not an obstacle one still feels uh not isolated, but uh, unagitated. It goes back to the same thing every time. Whatever you have, use in the service of Krishna. 
If Krishna wants you to live in a palace, you live in a palace. If he wants you to live underneath a tree, you live underneath a tree. So the art is to learn to hear the super soul speaking to you. And he, how does he speak to us? He speaks to us through, his, through the spiritual master. He speaks to us through the Bhagavad Gita as it is. And he speaks to us within our, from within our hearts. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Tonight we heard a lot about the nature of envy. Daksha maintained his envy of Lord Shiva, and because of that, ultimately he cursed Shiva for a perceived small act of not offering obeisances to Daksha because he was absorbed in meditation. I have heard that practically all the qualities can be used in Krishna's service except envy. Mm. This has to be given up. Mm. Is this correct? Would you please comment on this? Thank you. It's, it's a very simple comment. Uh, Srila Prabhupada explained to us that anger, even lust, and greed, and all these things can be dovetailed in Krishna's service. You want to get everything for Krishna. You know? You want to defeat the demons in service to Krishna. But envy, it's not, what's the word? It's not dovetailable. Envy of other people is not dovetailable in devotional service. So yes, it has to be given up. And it's given up by doing Harinam Sankirtan with the people in the street and giving out books and invite them to the temple and serving them and giving them Christian consciousness. For my case, I can't go out very much. I preach. Every day I preach for hours. Hare Krishna. Next is Bhakta Rupa. Yes, Bhakta Rupa. Thank you for reading, Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. Uh, really love Prabhupada's description of material assets being zero mm. and they must be put beside the Supreme One to have any value. Mm. Sometimes I find myself desiring a better material situation to be able to serve better. These material desires are not pure devotional service but the mind can be convincing. When will the day come when I simply engage what I have in Krishna's service? instead of trying to acquire more zeros. Keep on preaching like that. Keep on praying like that and Krishna will fulfill your desire. When he fulfills it, how he fulfills it, that's up to him. So be patient and that mentality will bear fruit eventually. Hare Krishna. And from Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily reading service. While you were reading the verses by Sati, I could feel how articulative is the Bhagavatam to capture the emotions of the woman. Further to that, Srila Prabhupada delineates the finer emotions and also brings in the point that one should be aware of all the bodily relationships and how it hampers the progress of bhakti. Lord Shiva's words of wisdom are also eloquent, and Prabhupada's expansions are brilliant too. Jai Ho Sriman Bhagavatam to Lord Shiva, to Srila Prabhupada, and to your daily readings. Hare Krishna, thank you as usual for your very nice reflections. Thank you. From Vilas Manjari? Yes, Vilas Manjari, Haribo. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. This is such an excellent description of what can go wrong in material social life due to envy and pride, <coughs> and how the feminine nature to expand the field of material enjoyment can get us into trouble. Mm -hmm. But Krishna assures us 
whatever body we're in, whatever our gender, whatever our level of uh, attainment materially or not, um, if one performs devotional service, they can transcend that nature and, and attain the highest perfection. So never mind we are at this quality or that quality. Let us perform devotional service and go back to Krishna and attain his lotus feet. We make that our goal, Krishna will help us succeed. Hare Krishna. From Garanga Gopal? Yes, I'll say one more thing before we go on to bed. Uh, Rupa Goswami says that if we want to live in the material world um, without being affected, then one should make one's ambition to serve Krishna. Ambition is natural for the soul. All of us want to contribute, all of us want to do things practical. But if we make it our ambition to serve Krishna, then we become safe. Even ambition can be dovetailed in Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. This is from Gauranga Gopal. Yes, Gauranga Gopal. Also loved a part to the purport to this verse 15. Quote, Since everything in the spiritual world is absolute, in the spiritual varieties of apparent pleasure and pain, there is no perception other than eternal bliss. Whereas in the material world, because everything is contaminated by the modes of material nature, there are feelings of pleasure and pain. Unquote. So interesting to just try to imagine an atmosphere where every single aspect is absolutely blissful, even though it is actually inconceivable from my insignificant position. Yes, that's how we elevate ourselves. To hear these wonderful truths about the spiritual world and the difference between the spiritual world and the material world, we go on hearing regularly and sincerely trying to understand. Gradually be, we become attached to the spiritual world and automatically detached from the material world. Then we will be able to see clearly the difference and choose devotional service over sense gratification. Hare Krishna. And from Daitari Hari? Yes, Daitari Hari. I was also wondering about how we properly philosophically understand the principle that the absolute source is one without a second. In other words, that there is only one source to existence as opposed to many potential factors. We understand that Lord Shiva, for example, great though he may great though he may be, is sometimes still affected by the happiness and distress of this world, as we heard tonight. I accept this and that Krishna is the one supreme without a second, but how do we philosophically explain and understand this fact in a simple way? Study, Shila, study Krishna's pastimes. Study Krishna's pastimes. He's not even out of the crib. He's a little baby. And yet he takes this huge Rakshasi's breast, even though she's decked out like a beautiful woman, and takes out the life, the milk, and the poison, everything. So Krishna shows us how he is the source of everything. Because no baby, no other baby can do that. Not in the history of the universe. Every single one of his activities are done in a way that no one else could do it. 
So if you have faith in Krishna and you study, you get that faith by studying his pastimes, by hearing his pastimes and appreciating, you know, how great he is and how inconceivable he is, then you'll be able to understand that there's no other source. There can be no other source but him. Study the creation of the universe. Learn how he expands himself into the Purusha avatars and how they expand themselves into this material world. Learn about the difference between Lord Shiva and Lord Vishnu. Lord Shiva is a quality of the incarnation that is in charge of the mode of ignorance. Therefore, he must come in contact with ignorance sometimes. But Krishna never comes in contact with ignorance. He appears as a little baby. First he appears as a full-blown Vishnu form. Then he shrinks himself down as a little baby. You know? He does all these things just to show us that no one else could do that. So he must be the source of everything. And Jiva Goswami promises, if you accept this, this ajintya principle, actually, without doubt, then you can know Krishna. Hare Krishna. This is from Sarvagya. Yes, Sarvagya. Maharaj, I understood a point today why economic development growing fast because of man and woman attraction. Yes. Thank you, Maharaj, your servant. Yes, Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. It's a simple point, but it's absolutely true. Even the materialists know this. The Marshall, you know, famous economic teacher, Marshall. Prabhupada learned about this when he was in Scottish Church College. He said the impetus for economic development is family life. Hare Krishna. From Koladvipati? Yes, Koladvipati. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Interesting to hear how powerful sound can be in harming someone. Quote, if one is not, sorry, if one is hurt by the arrows of an enemy, one is not as aggrieved as when cut by the unkind words of a relative, mm. for such grief continues to rend one's heart day and night. Unquote. Made me reflect on the painstaking condition of families in modern day Kali Yuga. So much conflict in broken families. And we can see this all stems from a lack of spiritual understanding. Yes, the only thing lacking is Krishna consciousness. Everything is present in the universe to be self-sufficient. Everything that we need is provided by the material nature. Therefore, dissatisfaction is an illusion. Hare Krishna. And this is from Bhakti Nikki. Hare Krishna Bhakti Nikki. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Hearing about Lord Shiva's pastimes is so sweet. I'm struck by his gentleness, tolerance, and compassion especially how he, as such a transcendentally loving person, can still be affected by the modes of nature that is so poignant. Hare Krishna. Therefore he is called Vaishnava Yata Sambhu, Shambhu. He is the greatest Vaishnava. And this is from Bhakta Peter. Yes, Bhakti Peter. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you greatly for your time reading to us tonight. How does a devotee who 
who enters married life with another devotee avoid the trap of, quote, becoming a play doll in the hands of a woman, <laughs> unquote. And what weakness within a devotee leads to this ensnaring him? How can we identify this weakness within in order to avoid checking our commitment to celibacy? Well, we learn by experience, don't we? We learn in the material world by experience. Uh, lifetimes of trying to enjoy the material energy. And finally, after many lifetimes of trying to enjoy the material energy, we become sick of it. There's only one way to avoid it completely, and that's become actually disgusted by it. So, if you see your wife and your facilities that you that you need that you need for how to have a household as belonging to Krishna, everything belongs to Krishna. It is meant for Krishna's pleasure. You have to learn to see like that, and that will take you out of the temptation to enjoy for yourself, because it's not really enjoyment. It's not really enjoyment. It is not meant for your enjoyment. It is meant for Krishna's enjoyment. So this is a universal principle. It's true in all cases, for all people, in all things, in all relationships. Therefore, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, I see my house transformed into, into Goloka Vrindavan when I'm absorbed in devotional service. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. It is enlivening to notice these days how many devotees are daily offering their reflections after the readings. I am grateful to be in this transcendental place of inspired devotees. Thank you, Guru Maharaj, for hearing and answering our questions. It's my pleasure, Rati. It's my life. I live on it. I thrive on it. Real pleasure. Hare Krishna. And I thank you all. I repeat what, what Rati said. I'm so impressed by all the reflections. Uh, better and better. More and more. And this is how we live. This is what we relish. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabheda Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as we hear more about why we should avoid material sense gratification. Sati will teach, it, or teach us herself. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.